You're listening to the Jaguar Beat Podcast, where we break down the most current topics at St. Joseph Academy, home of the Jaguars. Here you will have a chance to learn more about the Academy through conversation and guests that will certainly be more entertaining than these hosts. Let us know what you think of this episode, suggest future topics, or share your story ideas with us on Twitter at SJA Athletics. Now, your hosts, Athletic Director Mr. John Manuzak and Social Studies Teacher and Academy Favorite Mr. Nick Rowaldi. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Jaguar Beat Podcast. Uh, Nick Rowaldi and I are back again for another episode today. We are recording this on Sunday evening, March 29th. Um, and Nick, I don't know about you, but the way things are in our world right now, I, I see no difference pretty much between weekdays and weekends uh, at this point. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the days are just sort of starting to blend together here, you know, and I, I think just trying this weekend more than anything, the constant has been staying busy. You know, I'm sure everybody's kind of experiencing this right now. I mean, you have moments certainly that, have, that are dull in between, but a lot of the days is pretty filled up. We were doing a lot of house projects this weekend, painting rooms, you know, schoolwork for myself, teaching the kids, just pretty much doing anything I can to avoid being stir crazy at the moment, you know, but I hope everyone out there had a nice weekend and, um, you know, we got a lot of really positive feedback on our last podcast. I want to thank Shannon Walsh again uh, for being with us. I think you and I both realized this is going to, this is going to be a lot better podcast if we have a a lot more interesting guests like that. (laughs) For sure. Fill that bill today. Yeah, for sure. Well, no pressure on our next guest, of course, <laughs> Shannon, but um, we do have a, another guest on, uh, on the podcast today, and I think we're fortunate to have probably a familiar face to a lot of SJA students and families um, as Maggie Berry, who's our assistant athletic director. Um, she's an alumni from the class of 2010, and she's on our show today. Um, I know Maggie won't really want to talk about herself much, so I'll kind of introduce her a little bit to everybody for those of um, you that don't know her. Maggie was hired in uh, April of 2018, so she is in her second year um, as the assistant AD at St. Joseph Academy. Uh, Prior to being an assistant AD, Maggie was an intervention specialist um, at a charter school in Cleveland, and she has a lot of basketball coaching experience um, at the AAU level. She played basketball at St. Joseph Academy and then also at Walsh Walsh University. And then her sister, Katie, who is an alum from the class of 2007, also played with her at Walsh and was our varsity basketball coach, varsity assistant basketball coach this past season. So yeah. Maggie is brave enough to join us today. <laughs> Thank Thanks for you. Being here. Yeah, yeah. Thank and you for Maggie, having me. You know, you forgot in her, in her intro, she also had the distinct misfortune of, of being in one of my first classes as a <laughs> teacher. Uh, so I oh, apologize we? for that. 13 years later, Megan, no. like any first year teacher, I was, you know, pretty much stumbling around trying to figure out what I was doing still, but uh, it's obviously- No, you were great. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you. But uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Um, first thing we wanted to ask you, and this has to be a really interesting experience, coming back to a place where you went to school, right? And, and having people who were once your teachers and mentors to eventually be your colleagues. So- if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about what it's like being an alumni returning to SJA now. Uh, as yeah, we- honestly, um, it's great. Obviously, I'm very grateful that, for the opportunity to be back at St. Joe's. Um, it's always a place that I've considered home. So coming back as an employee was a little bit different at first, especially um, calling teachers by their first names. Um, I still have trouble doing that. 
It's um, true. I do have to like jump in and say sometimes like, yeah, <laughs> by her first name, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so still, I still have trouble with that. Um, especially, I mean, I was always raised to acknowledge people by their names. So when I'm walking down the hallway and I see someone as a teacher that I specifically had, I'm like, Hey, and I don't know what to call them. Um, it is, it was awkward at first, but being my second year, um, at, back at St. Joe's, I mean, it's gotten a lot better. And obviously the people in the community are really what drew me back. And, um, the, I mean, St. Joe's is spiritually rooted. So that's also a big draw. Um, as John mentioned, I was working as an intervention specialist in, um, Cleveland. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to be back at SJA was because, um, of the whole faith aspect of it. And I'm just happy to be back. So. And this is probably something I don't even know. I don't know if we've ever even really talked about this before, but like, how has, how has St. Joseph Academy changed, do you think, in the last decade in terms of, you know, um, you know, things that are the same now, things that are different now from, from when you were a student? Yeah, um, I think a lot of the AP course offerings, I mean, there's a, we have, we offer way more than when I was there. Um, I think that was kind of just getting off the ground. Um, and getting started when I was a freshman there. Yeah, I want to say we only maybe had a handful of AP classes when I first started. I went to 17, 18, something like that. Now it's yeah, um, that, I think that's been a huge difference. Um, obviously, the whole global learn, learning program, I think that's fantastic. That, that um, wasn't as big as it was when I was there. And then obviously, the dining hall expansion. Um, I know it seems like it happened probably a while ago for you guys, but that was never there when I was a freshman. We actually ate in the auditorium. So that's right. how did you yeah, do yeah, that? That's right. With like there were tables set up. Yeah. Huh. And like freshmen and underclassmen eating there. And I, yeah, I don't even remember, to be honest with you. But yeah, the, the cafeteria was tiny. I mean, it was so much smaller than it is now. It was half the size of where it is now. So there was no way everybody could have fit in there. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I've been thinking about a lot of the changes, like the scholar's porch we never had, which is an awesome addition. Um, students have the opportunity to eat outside now, which we were never allowed to do that, so. We definitely didn't have window air conditioners 13 years yeah. ago. That's <laughs> quite an upgrade, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. a better person because of it, though. Oh, definitely, we suffered through some rough August days, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, and then, go ahead. Like, have you seen your room? At, uh, have you seen the, or do you know your classroom yet for Fitzmorrow? Yes, yes. We got a chance to sneak over there a few weeks ago. It's kind of, it's, it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, the classroom size is, is huge. I, I'm going to be in one, can't remember what the name of the, the room was in the old building, but it was, it's, it's a really large room and there's going to be a divider between two of them. Um, but it's really nice, rare, you know, a lot more space than we've had uh, in the hallway we're in now. So we're obviously looking forward to moving over That's there. That's great. It, yeah. 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 I mean, just the whole campus feel, I think it's going to be great for the girls coming up and yeah, with the addition of Fitzmaurice Hall, I'm sure it's going to be gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, one other thing I had to ask, right, was, uh, do you, any <laughs> good stories you wanted to share with our, with our enormous listening audience here? <laughs> uh, teachers you had when you were a student or still at SJA, any good stories you remember? Now, I'm going to let you go first, but I think I remember a pretty funny story from when I had you in class. Go ahead. Uh -oh. Yeah. Um, I do remember remember a couple probably from your class, but the one that I remember 
um, the best was I think we were playing a review game in your class and it, I think oh this is it this is the one I was gonna tell perfect go ahead <laughs> and we were playing a review game and I think I got the question right and you would have to throw throw it all into the garbage can for an extra point or something that's correct yes and yeah so I went to go shoot and you looked sketchy I was like what is he about to do <laughs> pretty sure you went to go block me and I shot faked you and you fell into the cabinet I, I did i did i went flying in the cabinet it was a great ball fake yeah i was gonna go up i was gonna like stun the class i was gonna go up for a huge matumbo block and like finger dagger, you know and 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 she bump faked me and i went absolutely flying through the air like smashed into the <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right good i was i thought that was cool. i thought that was you yeah yeah <laughs> nice. um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I guess um, Mr. Guyon actually lived down the street from me, so I grew up um, down the street from him, and his mom used to babysit me all the time, um, so I'm sure he has some great stories of me growing up. <laughs> oh my gosh, how funny. Yeah. What was a young Mr. Rowaldi like in class? <laughs> funny. <laughs> so funny. But, but serious. When I first started working there, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely serious at times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I probably talked a lot. Probably a lot of 85-minute classes, me just talking at first. I didn't have a whole a bunch of a skill set back at the time. <laughs> yeah, still yeah. probably drinking a ton of coffee, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had me as a student. I'm sure you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I guess, obviously, the one topic we want to talk to talk about today is um, is athletics, um, since that's, that's kind of what we're doing for, for a living now. But um, you know, obviously, Maggie, athletics have been a big part of your life. So from your standpoint, how have you seen athletics change for women in the last decade, um, kind of overall, and then maybe more specifically, what about athletics at, at SJA? What, what's it like um, now compared to, to when you were a student? Yeah. Um, so I think in the world, like big scheme of things, I think more and more women are working and coaching in what are typically considered male dominant um, professions or fields. Um, I think there's more and more women are coaching in the NBA, obviously our own Lindsay Gottlieb with the Cavs and Becky Hammond. And I think there's about 11 female coaches um, in that NBA assistant coaches. Um, but I think also, um, social media brings a lot of this to light. So I think social media is a great platform for sports, especially women in sports. Um, specifically, like at St. Joe's, things that I've seen change. Um, obviously, there are way more sports that are offered um, than when I went there. I think we, we definitely didn't have bowling. We didn't have gymnastics. Um, but I also think nowadays, I think it's the sports are more competitive for girls. And I think that's great. Um, I think, yeah, I just think there's definitely more of an opportunity and um, obviously we still have a ways to go, but especially with the women um, in the NBA, um, breaking kind of breaking barriers and being those trailblazers, hopefully it'll inspire others to do so as well. Yeah, and one thing I've noticed too, maybe too, and maybe you noticed as well, is you know, certainly we've had a lot of multi-sport athletes, but even my daughter, who's, who's 10 years old, I'm already seeing a lot of her peers really start to specialize in a sport early and play it almost year round, especially volleyball. I don't know if that's something you've noticed as well as more of, you know, when a, a, a girl will choose a sport and really focus on it extensively. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I actually was, I only played basketball, so I wasn't a multi-sport athlete, but yeah. definitely one thing that I regret, like when I look back on my high school experience, I wish I would have played another sport. Um, obviously it worked out for me. I got to play in college, but, um, I really do think multi-sport athletes make a more well, well-rounded athlete. That's a great point. And, you know, just, you know, from speaking about college athletics, uh, real quick, you know, obviously you had an outstanding career at St. Joe's and you were, you went on to play college, uh, college ball as well. If, you know, maybe for our seniors who are going to move on and, and play uh, college sport next year, tell us a little bit about some of the biggest differences between like being a, a high school athlete and a college athlete, you know, in, in every respect, I guess, you know, what, what are some of the biggest differences you experienced going from a high school athletic program to college? Yeah, um, obviously time commitment is one of the biggest things or changes um, with playing a college sport, obviously from going to high school to college, everyone says it's almost like a job. Um, so I think definitely time commitment is huge. Um, other thing, obviously a shot clock for basketball is a little bit different. I'm All right. used to yeah. those sort of things, um, conditioning. Um, I also think obviously this is for any sport, but usually if you're going on to play at the next level, um, you're usually probably one of the top people on your team in high school. So going to college, you're the low man on the totem pole. So being able to accept your role, regardless of what it is, is super hard at first, but then obviously your teammates, you have your teammates there to lift you up and, you know, push you. So I think that's a huge transition too, um, from going from high school to college is just kind of accepting your role and being good at it, regardless of what it is. Yeah, obviously you're starting to really call the talent by the time you get into college, right? And I mean, you're, you're in a much more competitive atmosphere and that's got to right. be humbling when you're a freshman and, you know, you've got girls who've been there two, three years ahead of you, right? So yeah, didn't consider that. Um, one other thing for me real quick, and I'll, I'll turn over to John for a second. Um, you know, if you want to shout out any mentors or coaches you had in, in your athletic career or even, you know, in the academic career who made the most impact on you, um, whether it was in high school or college. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So obviously my sister would probably be my biggest mentor, especially um, in regards to athletics and basketball. Um, she taught me the love for the game and how to play it. And she let me follow her to college and I got another opportunity to play with her a year. Um, oh, that's awesome. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So she was a senior and I was a freshman and we went to the final four, actually, my freshman year in Sioux City, Iowa. So it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Um, a lot of jammed fingers playing in the backyard and fat lips, but it was all worth it. I was going to say, I bet the two of you had some serious wars. Sure, oh, yeah. She, she we never still took do. it easy on you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we'll go, we'll do like a seven-game series and it gets pretty heated. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, but my family too, I think they were always there to pick me up after a tough, tough loss or celebrate with me afterwards. And one specific coach that I want to shout out is Mrs. Mangan, um, Marianne Mangan. She was my high school coach, junior and senior year. And she just, the amount of time she put in was incredible. Anytime that you wanted to work out or anything, she was always there, um, always had a team first mentality and it trickled down to the us the girls um and just pushed me outside of my comfort zone and made it fun so she was probably one of my biggest role models as a coach that's great thanks 
And, yeah. and two things too, well, I think one is, I don't know if a lot of our students know that Mrs. Garlock, um, you know, that many of them know is from the math department was a previously the athletic director at St. Joe's and also a basketball coach um, and coached Katie. Did she, and she coached, did she coach you too, Maggie? She did. So my freshman year, um, again, and Katie's senior year, we're on the same team. So on the same keep... team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that we were talking about earlier that I just wanted to kind of ask a little bit more on was this multi-sport athlete idea too, because I think certainly that's one of the biggest, I guess, challenges maybe that we face too, is trying to work with our coaches on um, encouraging students to play multiple sports, but also kind of realizing that there are pressures from, you know, AAU or club or travel um, right. just to play that sport year round. Did you, did you notice that at all? I mean, did you, cause you did play, you played volleyball, you said, right at one point just for a while. Uh, I never played in high school. I played, I mean, I played all kinds of sports growing up, like CYO, basically everything. Um, but not in high school. And like, I mean, you know, my daughter, like Nick was mentioning, Reese, who's a, a fifth grader, my daughter, Emerson's a third grader. And you feel like, at least personally, you feel like, and I know this is not the case, but you feel like if you're playing multiple sports, you're like missing out on certain things, or you're not going to be as talented as other players because they are spending the entire year. Um, I think volleyball is probably in that, you know, probably leads that group. Maybe soccer is a close second that they're not doing year-round yeah. foot skills as like a nine-year-old, that they're going to miss out on being a good player in high school and maybe in college. It's just a, it's a really yeah. in situation, I think, that we have to deal with a lot. Oh, and Devon, I think, I think there's trade-offs to both, right? There's advantages to, to both approaches, I suppose, right? And I don't know, it's kind of hard sometimes, like you said, to find that balance of, you know, what's, it, you know, is it, is it best to be, you know, kind of trying a lot when you're young in multi-sports and then eventually kind of specialize and working on something pretty consistently throughout the year, but it's, it's, I think it's an interesting, it's just great that there's that many opportunities out there to play so many different sports for young ladies now too. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. And again, I mean, I think the huge push is a lot of people nowadays are just scholarship driven and they want to play at the next level. So I think that really does put a lot of pressure on students these days. Um, and again, what is the percentage of how many, what percentage of students actually play in college, play a college sport? Yeah, it's like five percent or four percent, yeah. something like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it is. I think I think there is a lot of pressure on students these days to specialize in one sport. And it's whenever we have those preseason meetings, I always make a joke about this, but it, I mean it in a joking way. But it's also true that if you're going to spend, if you want to return on your investment and you want to spend a thousand dollars on something, go to an ACT or an SAT like prep class rather than going to. <laughs> club soccer when you're nine years old seriously though if you if you're going to get scholarship money then most likely it's not coming from a sport so <laughs> that's so, that's a good argument. i mean yeah no doubt but then we're you know i'm i'm taking my kids twice a week to three times a week to practices too at nine and seven so who am i just you know our, yeah um, um Maggie, one more for me. Uh, just what are some of your best memories of playing basketball at St. Joe's, whether it's a game or just, you know, the camaraderie with your teammates, anything like that? What, what do you remember fondest of your time playing basketball with us? Yeah, definitely. A, I mean, the camaraderie is something that you never forget, um, whether it's on the court or off the court. Most of the memories that are made are off the court. Um, obviously, you spend a lot of time with your team. Um, 
specific, I mean, one game, I guess, that I would specifically remember would be my first um, high school game ever um, was against Lakewood. And that was the first time I ever got to play with my sister at the high school level. Did and you start, were you already on the varsity team by your freshman year? I, I did make varsity as a freshman. I wasn't a oh. starter though. Gotcha. Um, but I do remember shooting the ball and her just looking like me, looking at me, like giving me a death stare. And I'm like, oh God, I hope this go goes in. <laughs> um, yeah. Did, it, but did you make it? Did you make your first shot? I did. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, but then obviously other um, memories include we went to Alabama for a trip. Um, we attended what was called the Choo Choo Classic Basketball Tournament. And I made so many memories with my teammates off court. We did a lot of stuff there. Um, and then we also went to Notre Dame team camp, which was incredible. So um, our team, our, our, actually our basketball team had the opportunity to go back this past year. And that was like my, one of my big things. I was talking to John and I was like, Notre Dame was incredible. They have to go back there. Oh yeah. Did you guys get a chance to meet coach McGraw? We did not No. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. Obviously, they won a couple national titles there, and uh, obviously, she's yeah, highly... she's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, our did our girls met her this year, didn't they? Did they? Um, I think they got think a picture with have. her, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think they did. I, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, and yeah, that's great. She's, she's done a tremendous to, um, to Baton Rouge too last this past um, Christmas for the Baton Rouge tournament down at St. Joseph Academy in in Baton Rouge, which was cool. Yeah, it was cool. And they went to see the practice at LSU, which was awesome. So, Yeah. Um, I guess final question, Maggie, what has been the most rewarding part of, of being back in, in your job so far? Obviously, and probably student related, but kind of share with us what, what do you think the most rewarding thing? Yeah, um, I think, honestly, building relationships with students and even faculty and staff. Um, I think that's probably the most rewarding thing for me. Um, and obviously seeing girls um, be able to go on and play whatever sport it is at the next level, I think that's super rewarding. Um, specifically, like personally for me, I think um, just personal growth for myself in this position. Um, in the beginning, I really didn't think I was capable of what I'm doing. Um, so I've learned that I am capable of more, I th of a, more than I think. Um, and honestly, I owe that a lot of that to you, John, because um, I mean, you trust me and you, you've pushed me outside of my comfort zone and it's allowed me to grow as a person and as a professional. So I appreciate that. Um, but the most rewarding part would probably be the relationships that I've built with students, families, and faculty and staff. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, Maggie and, um, and Cheryl Joseph, um, our athletic assistant, their office is kind of like a lounge, a student lounge sometimes too, or it's not big enough to sit around in, but students are always <laughs> hanging out down there talking to them. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see. Um, so that'll kind of wrap up our, our podcast today. Um, everybody, thanks for, for listening and thanks to Maggie for coming on our show. Uh, we will be back with you Wednesday. We will have a new guest. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I think this pretty much solidifies the fact that we've officially made it as a podcast, but our, our fearless leader, Mrs. Marion Corrigan Davis, uh, will, be, uh, will be joining us that day. So please be sure to come back and check out our episode on, on Wednesday. So any, awesome. Yeah, very good. Very excited Nick for that one. Yeah, we, we certainly have arrived, John. We did it. Absolutely. I know. 
The big Only cheese coming shows. out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Maggie, thanks a million for joining us today. We appreciate you, and we're so glad you're back at St. Joe's with us now as, uh, as one of our colleagues. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, everybody, hopefully you have a, a good week, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody.